Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well-being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Hello and welcome to episode 97 of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Tai, nutritional therapy practitioner, and so excited as always to be here with you again this week. Man, it has been a whirlwind of a week. Um, I know I say that a lot, but it's true. <laughs> we just, um, I just got back, uh, flew in on the red eye um, Sunday overnight into Monday morning. Um, fr- back from, I was at a, a business conference, an entrepreneurial conference in California, in um, Sacramento, California, last week. And we headed out there last Monday. We were there. Um, total of seven days. It was a lot of fun. So we did, uh, we tacked on a day at the beginning of the trip and a day on the end for fun. So the day on the beginning was a Napa Valley trip, which was a blast. It was the first time I've ever been to Napa Valley and I really enjoyed that. And then, um, we had, uh, lots of, we had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, was all business conference. And then Saturday evening, we headed into San Francisco and spent the night there in San Francisco and had an amazing dinner um, there on the Fisherman's Wharf area and, um, and spent the night, got up in the morning and walked all over the place, had a great breakfast at a little cafe. And of course, we um, got to see the Golden Gate Bridge and Alcatraz and and um, visited several markets uh, there on Sunday morning, which was fun, and then flew home Sunday, uh, Sunday evening, and um, ended up getting home about 5.45 in the morning on, on Monday, which um, is pretty much the time that our kids are getting up and getting ready for school. So we came straight home and um, jumped right into getting them all ready and, and on the bus. Um, my mother-in-law was had stayed here with them, but of course, um, when mom and dad are back, uh, we're on immediately. And then uh, we did go to bed as soon as the last one was out of the door at 7.45 <laughs> and uh, tried to catch up a little little bit on sleep. So it's been a little bit tough getting back into the swing of things. Um, California time zone is three hours behind us here. We're in the Eastern time zone in Cincinnati. So it's been a little bit hard to catch up. You know, I've lost three hours and it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal, but man, it really kind of um, kicks your butt to be honest. So I've been working on that. Um, But today, um, so I've had a great series of interviews that I've been sharing with you guys and I have more to share, but I thought I'd take a little break break from that. And um, I've had several, uh, you know, I get emails from you guys all the time and I love that and DMs and and whatnot. And that's great. I love that you guys reach out to me and tell me what you want to know about, because that's important to me. Um, I do this podcast to give you that information. And so it's important to know what you really want to hear about. So I've gotten several emails um, with kind of the same, um, not exact wording or, you know, obviously or exact questions, but basically just wanting to know, like, what do you do? Like, what are some hacks that you guys can do to improve, um, the, your fat loss efforts, your keto efforts, um, just, you know, hacking your lifestyle. Mm. 
sorry, had to take a drink of water. You're going to hear that on the microphone. <laughs> um, so um, anyway, uh, so just kind of those types of things. So I thought today would be a great topic, would be to put together um, my version of kind of keto hacks for like the busy mom, busy family. And, you know, I say busy mom because that's what I am. And I, I feel like most of, and I know not every listener is a busy mom. And I appreciate those of you that listen that aren't. Um, I think that's great. And just because you're not doesn't mean that you can't resonate with me in other areas of life. I am a business person. You know, I run several companies. And so that is, um, you know, a very big part of my life. And of course, being a mom and a wife is a huge part of my life. Um, raising these five kids and, and being, you know, wife to my incredible husband, Derek. And, and then, um, you know, I'm also a farm girl. I mean, I spend a lot of time um, tending to our animals and our farm, and it is also an outreach. So um, we spend time with visitors here at the farm. And actually, October is our busiest month of the year um, at the farm and at the cabin, which is understandable. It's usually just gorgeous out here. You know, we're surrounded by trees, so you get all the beautiful fall colors. And really, fall is the best time to be, uh, really, I think, at a cabin or on a farm. <laughs> Um, as a farm is so nice in the fall, you've got the cooler temperatures, the animals are happier, you know, everything is beautiful and the fields are nice. There's no, not mud like you get in the springtime and, and that type of thing. And of course the views from the cabin are amazing, um, with the leaves changing, um, behind the cabin on the ridge and all that stuff. So it's the most popular time um, out here, which means it's a very busy time um, for me in those two aspects. But um, so we've got a lot of stuff going on. And um, but I think it's important to be able to share with you guys um, some of the hacks and tips and tricks that I use to make this lifestyle work for me. And hopefully, uh, whether you're a busy mom or just a busy wife or a busy husband or dad, or um, you know, you're just a busy person in general, um, and you really want to be successful at this lifestyle, um, whether you are testing for ketosis or whether you are just wanting to be a fat burner or whether you are um, just really wanting to be low carb and try to um, lose some fat, trying to feel better, maybe trying to turn health issues around, whatever your reasons are, um, hopefully these are some steps that will kind of help you. Um, maybe if you're kind of stuck or you've hit a wall and you can't figure out what's going on and you're trying all the stuff that everybody's telling you to do and you're not getting any progress. Um, so number one that I'm going to share with you is don't skip breakfast. Now I know this one is um, going to have a lot of you scratching your heads and being like, what? Wait a minute. Now I thought that you didn't eat breakfast and you're into intermittent fasting. And that's true. Um, most of the time I don't eat breakfast because I'm not hungry for breakfast, but that is not the case all of the time. And if you've listened to me for any length of time, you know that I am a huge proponent of switching up your intermittent fasting window, meaning do not go every single day from dinner to the next day at lunch without eating. I think you need to switch that up. Um, I don't think you should do the same thing every single day, day in, day out. Um, as far as an eating window goes or intermittent fasting, however you want to, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I think this also is where listening to your body comes in and can be very, very helpful. So um, a lot of times you really just need to eat breakfast. And I know sometimes for myself, if, if I've had, um, 
you know, if I've had a busy morning or it's a morning that I, for whatever reason, decided I was going to fast that morning, if I'm hungry and I push through that and I decide, you know, no, it's not that big of a deal. I can make it through to lunch or dinner or whatever, which happens often. Um, then I notice that it actually affects me negatively in the evenings. Um, usually it will make me want to eat things that I shouldn't eat and that I know that I don't want to be eating. Now, of course, that's not always gonna be the case, um, but I don't know about you guys, but maybe before keto or maybe just even though you're trying to eat healthier and whatever, you have a tendency, or I at least, have a tendency to want to binge in the evenings. Like, you know, that is when you're, um, you're just, you're tired, you're worn out from the day. Any willpower that you had earlier in the day has been used up by then. Um, and willpower is not, um, you can't replenish your willpower. You cannot, you're not going to be able to power through um, using willpower when your biology is telling you to do something. Does that make sense? Like you just can't do it. So don't listen to experts that tell you that you can get more willpower or whatever. It is a finite thing. So by the end of the day, a lot of times um, that is when people find that they'll binge and um, or eat things, even if they're not bingers, they'll eat things that they don't necessarily want to eat or they give in to um, sugar and carb cravings. And the reason that people do that is oftentimes is because you're tired by then, your willpower's gone. Um, and if you have skipped eating breakfast and you were hungry earlier in the day, if your body was telling you that you needed those um, macro and micronutrients early on and you ignored it or shut it down and kept going, sometimes by the time evening comes, you are now ravenous and you are just going to eat everything in sight. And it doesn't always mean that you're going to stick to the good things because let's face it, there's only so much fat and protein you can eat, right? And then you start craving, you know, if you still want to eat and you're, because you're still not feeling satisfied or you didn't get enough nutrients that day, Whatever the reason is, maybe your, um, you know, your cortisol levels are through the roof because you're stressed out from the fact that you kept yourself from eating. So um, you've got this, you know, cortisol dysregulation. You've which probably is going to lead to other hormone dysregulation, like perhaps insulin levels and whatnot, you're going to want to eat all the things that you shouldn't want to eat. So this is where the ice cream cravings come in, the cookie cravings. Um, you know, you're just, you just start wanting all of these things that, uh, that you are trying to avoid, that you know are not good for your body. So, um, and it's also important to understand that we are much more metabolically flexible in the morning. So, um, you know, and a lot of people, they actually won't sleep very well if they eat in the evenings or they eat too much. Um, it, again, it's hormone, it can be hormone dysregulation, especially if it's not good foods. So it can, and then your body's trying to digest that food while you're sleeping. So that can be um, very disruptive to sleep and you may not even realize it's disruptive to your sleep, but as your body is supposed to be repairing throughout the night, instead it is sending resources to digestion of that food that you ate, then that can really mess you up as well. Um, so that's tip number one. One. Uh, I just feel like, you know, sometimes you have to eat. I do feel like your biggest meal should probably be earlier in the day. So if you don't eat 
uh, breakfast, that's okay. Um, you know, if you don't feel like eating breakfast, but if you eat lunch, make that your big meal of the day. And you know, dinner doesn't have to be some big gigantic meal. And and I like a big dinner often. So you know, you just have to figure out what works for you. But um, but you know, dinner can be. You can still sit at the table and enjoy dinner with your family if that is a goal of yours, without having a big massive plate of food. Um, you know, if you're eating a really big nutrient dense lunch or big nutrient dense breakfast, then you can sit down with your family and just have a little bit of the food that you've prepared for the day, then that's really going to give your digestive system plenty of time to digest that food before you're going to bed at night. You know, I don't know about you guys, but with kids and all the running around and soccer games and basketball practices and, you know, just all the stuff, dance and gymnastics, and it's, it's just never ending, right? And then you still have all of the stuff that you have to take care of at home. You know, for me, it's, you know, animals. I got to go f- take care of 50 animals at the barn every evening and take care of them. Or, you know, maybe it's taking calls from clients or it's doing a class um, or it's doing homework with the kids or baths with the kid, you know, getting the kids their baths and washing their hair and, you know, doing all these things every evening. And a lot of times it can push dinner plans out of whack. So sometimes for us, that can mean that we're not sitting down as a family until 7.30 at night to eat dinner or seven o'clock at night. And that's a really late time um, to be having some big, gigantic meal that then is going to take my body two or three hours to digest, but then I'm going to be in bed at that time. So, so just kind of based on your schedule and how things go for you, you know, see if maybe if maybe having a, a smaller dinner, there are often nights that I don't even, I just don't even eat dinner. Um, I might have a glass of wine and uh, some cheese or something. Um, that is actually pretty frequent for me. And so my bigger meals um, lately, especially with the routine that we've got and kind of all the activities that are going on with the kids at this time of year, um, a lot of times breakfast and or lunch really is my biggest meal of the day. And um and sometimes my only meal. So just you just kind of have to kind of figure out how that works for you. But if what you're doing now isn't working with the whole breakfast thing, or you're you're you know forcing yourself to skip breakfast, and you're like I don't know why this isn't working, or maybe you're feeling that desire to binge late at night and you're having a hard time with that, you know maybe try switching it up. See if this helps you. If this helps regulate your hormones. If it helps to work for you a little bit. Okay. So that's number one. Number two. Um, some of you have kids that want to be keto, and you're really struggling with ideas to help them with this. And you are you maybe are even struggling with if that's okay. So first of all, let me set your mind to ease and tell you that I 100% think it is okay if you have a child that wants to be keto or wants to be low carb. Um, do I think that you need to measure their food or track their food or test for ketones? No, of course not. I don't think you need to do that at all. And actually, you need to even realize that kids can eat far more carbohydrates than adults can eat and actually be producing ketones regularly. So um, so you don't need to be as worried about like their carb intake and you know, that kind of thing. I think where it's really helpful with kids and what can um, what can really be good to focus on is instead of where you would focus on maybe for adults, you would focus on making sure that you keep your carbs 
really low. Um, if you want to be in ketosis, you want to do fat loss, all of those types of things. I think with kids, the more important things are actually that you keep the fat high because their brains need it. Their developing brains really need it. And they need that fuel source because they are burning through fuel way faster than we are. They're, they have growing bodies. They're very active. You know, they're, they're busy at school all day. All of these types of things um, mean that they need a, a very steady source of fuel all day long. Um, I would not recommend having your kids skip any meals at all throughout the day. They need to be eating. They probably are going to have a need to snack, even if they are ketogenic, just snacking on good protein and high fat. And um, then the other most important thing I think is to really keep the sugar at a minimum or completely out of their diet. I also think focusing on being gluten-free is super important. Um, we see a, a lot of gut issues, um, gut integrity issues these days, and kiddos are no exception to this. Um, with any autoimmune disease comes gut permeability. So that is what is also referred to as leaky gut syndrome. Um, this is epidemic among children as well as adults. So we know that we have an assault of in a way that we have never had before on our systems and that our bodies are having a really hard time um, keeping up with these assaults and being able to uh, stay in homeostasis and being able to stay healthy and disease-free. So one of the major culprits for um, gut permeability is gluten. That is um, just a fact. You do not have to be celiac. You don't have to have a special allergy to gluten. You don't have to, um, there, none of that. And, and so people, um, I think I think gluten is very misunderstood and people seem to be on one or two camps. It's either you believe that gluten is totally fine and everybody makes this big deal about it and it's ridiculous, or you fall on the side of gluten is terrible, absolutely nobody should be eating it, and if you want to lose weight and be healthy, you shouldn't have gluten. And everything that says gluten-free is a health food. And I think both of those are wrong. Um, I think that there, I don't believe that gluten is one of those things that um, is, first of all, when you go into a store and you see something that says gluten-free, please do not mistake that for a health food. Just because something says that it's gluten-free does not mean that it is good for you. Um, a lot of things, especially packaged food, when they make them gluten-free, they are putting a whole bunch of crap into that product to make it still a gluten like product. So let's take like um, hamburger buns or bread, for example. You don't want to give those things up, so you buy the gluten-free version, but there's a bunch of chemicals in many of those options. So you have to be really careful on how you're doing that and how you're being gluten-free. Are you being gluten-free by eating whole foods that don't contain gluten, or are you being gluten-free by just buying a bunch of packaged things, and then that's how you're being gluten-free? Um, because that's two very different things. Then in addition to that, I think that, um, that in general, we need to be very aware of the amount of wheat and gluten that we're bringing into our bodies and really trying to keep that at a minimum. So if you're ketogenic, you're probably not eating gluten anyway. But if you have a child that is um, wanting to go keto or kind of that direction, or you're just trying to get your family to be more toward eating healthy fats and proteins and kind of staying away from the sugars and the carbohydrates like bread, pasta, all that type of thing, um, then 
then I think it's important to just keep that at a minimum for your kids and um, just trying to avoid the gluten as much as possible because we do, um, there are plenty of studies out there that show that gluten has a negative effect on everyone who eats it. And it is not, it doesn't always manifest the same way in every person. And it doesn't always manifest right away. It can take um, weeks you know, days, weeks, months, or years before you start seeing the damage that gluten potentially is causing in your gut and and elsewhere. Um, so I think it's important to try and to watch out for that. Um, so one of the most important questions, or not important, but one of the most common questions I get asked asked is, if you're, what do you what do you pack your kids for lunch? Um, I pack my kids, uh, all well, four of them. My my fifth, the oldest, my he'll be 18 this week actually. Um, my oldest child is a senior in high school, and he is actually doing a hybrid between high school classes and college classes. So he's only in school in high school for a couple of hours every morning, and so. Um, he doesn't actually have lunch at school any longer. He eats away from the school building. So I don't pack him, but I pack the other four. And the best, there are some great suggestions that I have um, that I have for you guys and that I think will be helpful for you. Um, so I've told you before in other episodes that um, I have kids that like to have lunch meat. They'll do roll-ups um, with lunch meat and Um, My one, actually my oldest son, even though I'm not packing him, that's one of the things that he used to like would be like a lettuce wrap, like lettuce with some lunch meat and cheese, maybe some avocado mayo in there, something like that. Those are great options for lunch. Of course, you can pack them carrots and apple slices. And yes, I know those are carbohydrates. Um... But I believe for children that it is much more important that we are getting them whole foods and the correct vitamins and minerals. And I am not worried about the fructose that is in there. They're not eating large amounts of these things. They are not sustaining themselves on this. So, um, you know, I think you need to do what you need to do. But um, but just be very careful, just as I would tell somebody that was a vegan um, do, please do not force your children to be vegans. Um, that I think that is a road to almost certain health issues for your children. There are so many reasons that their growing bodies need animal foods. Um, There are so many things that they cannot get from sources other than animal foods. And when we try to force them to get the, the proteins and, you know, the amino acids and the fatty acids that they really truly need to get from animal products. It is, it is a stress on their body. It is very difficult for our bodies to do some conversions on some of those things. And many times we cannot even do the conversions at all anyway. So I, I just think that it is really terrible to put your kids through that. Um, I mean, if you've got some kind of, uh, you know, religious reason, um, some, you know, religious belief that would keep you from eating animal products, um, you know, I guess that's about the only, I mean, I, that that is what it is, I guess. Um, but when it comes to, you know, just, just your philosophical belief or you're doing it because of, you know, you love animals and you think it's cruel to eat them or you know, what, or you're trying to save the planet or whatever other idea, ideological um, reason that you have to avoid giving your children animal products. I just urge you to really think about that um, because I think you can be doing honestly lifelong damage by not giving your children these, um, 
you know, these, these macronutrients that they, their bodies desperately need. Um, so anyway, uh, so that's, you know, you can do those types of things. Um, packing hard boiled eggs are very good. Cheese sticks. Um, there are some paleo Valley makes a really good, um, fermented, uh, meat stick, like a, like a jerky, like a beef jerky. That is really awesome. They have several different flavors. So that's another really good option. Um, cucumber chips, radish chips, um, carrot chips, you know, you can make all these awesome, um, things like that, that you can pack for them. I know I've introduced you guys to uprising bread company and, um, their keto bread. That is another excellent bread, excellent choice. You could pack them, um, that like toasted with some avocado mash on it and make them like an avocado toast, um, that they could put together at school. Uh, so there's all kinds of options like that. One of the things that I've started doing for one of my children, my 13 year old that loves to pack, but he was wanting to have hot lunch. So I went and bought him a thermos, just a thermos brand thermos. And in that thermos, um, I can pack leftovers from dinner the night before, or, um, or I also get him pre-prepared meats that, or I cook him meats in the morning that then we can put into that thermos. So some ideas might be if you made pot roast the night before, you could take some of that pot roast and um, set it aside. And then in the morning, you heat that meat up and maybe the veggies, and then you can put that into the thermos. It's nice and hot and it'll stay hot for them until lunchtime. And then I just pack him like a fork. And then on the side, he usually packs like some cashews or some almonds or walnuts and maybe a cheese stick. Um, maybe a little bit of grapes or something like that to give him another snack on the side. And then um, you can also pack things like pulled pork is an excellent one to pack in there. You can um, steak tips. I've packed him steak tips and um, just chicken, uh, just chicken strips, things like that are really good. You could also... Um, uh, what was the one? Oh, you could, uh, chili. Chili is an excellent one. So if you make chili at night or any kind of soup or stew, that is super easy to heat up in the morning and put in the thermos. And then as long as they have a spoon, um, they'll be able to enjoy that at school. That would be an awesome thing. And then another thing you could do is make them, if they like, uh, like the bowls, like, um, like a breakfast bowl type thing, <clears throat> excuse me, you could do, uh, like cheese and scrambled eggs and bacon or sausage or, you know, and put all of that nice and hot in that container. And then they've kind of got like a breakfast scramble that they can eat in the morning. So, um, hopefully that gives you a few ideas on how you can help your kids and help them kind of stick to making sure they're eating plenty of healthy fats and good protein. And then, um, you know, not having to rely on the carbohydrates or, you know, gluten and all those types of things that are hard to avoid um, if you're trying to buy like a lunch, a school lunch. Okay, um, third tip is electrolyte and water intake. So I think this is super important to pay attention to, guys. And if you've come up against a wall and things are just not working for you, I really think this, this I mean, maybe this should have even been number one. You really have to take a look at your electrolyte and water intake. So are you getting enough fluids every day? It's important to realize that if, <laughs> I think, let me back up for a second. I think maybe the number one most important thing to do when it comes to electrolytes is just make sure you're getting enough so salt, so sodium, right? You just want to make sure you're getting enough salt. And in order to do that, you need to be using a good salt because you don't want to, do not use like the, 
iodized table salt, right? That's not what you want to be using. If you're worried about iodine for thyroid health, then you need to be eating seaweed and there's other things that you can focus on to get iodine or just simply take like an aqueous, uh, you know, iodine supplement in the mornings or whatever. There's other ways that you can do that. But um, don't use iodized table salt because that's how you're trying to get your, your iodine intake. Um, that is definitely the wrong way to go about it. Um, but sodium is so super important for our bodies and the proper salt is this, the way to get it. And you really want to be salting all of your food, like every meal you should be taking in salt and you want to do that to taste. So don't listen to people that are, you know, and I hear this all the time, like my father-in-law's classic for doing this. He's very old school and, you know, comes from the, if you eat too much salt, you're going to get high blood pressure. And um, that might be true if you used iodized table salt, but it is not true in any way, shape or form if you're using good salt. If you don't believe me, read the book Salt Fix. Um, James, uh, I can't even pronounce his last name. It's N, James N. <laughs> Read that book and um, that will give you a whole new perspective on salt. But of course, you guys know, I love Redmond's Real Salt. It's produced, uh, brought out of a mine in Utah, Salt Lake City, Utah. So um, I believe that that is the best salt, best tasting. I love their other products. They have lots of um, different seasonings for your food, but I love that. But if you don't use that salt, that's okay. Just use a good pink Himalayan salt, um, but you wanna make sure you're getting lots of, pro lots of sodium. If you are low in sodium, your body will actually excrete the potassium and magnesium because it wants to regain the balance of those electrolytes. So if you're not bringing in enough salt, then you could be causing yourself to be have this, this electrolyte imbalance, this electrolyte issue just because you're not having salt, because you're afraid of salt. So be really careful about that. So um, just make sure you're getting in plenty of sodium so that you don't have that issue. Um, salt to taste. So when it tastes too salty, then you've had enough salt. That's, that's the easiest way to know that you've had enough. If um, you don't, if you're still nervous that you're not getting enough through uh, that, you could also add salt to your water and have a, a little bit of salt water first thing in the morning, or just put some salt directly on your tongue and then drink some water first thing in the morning. Um, that's a really good way to make sure you're getting plenty of water. Another way to do it is um, in my cookbook that is offered on my website, um, I have a recipe in there for gummies. And those keto gummies you can make with Keto Vitals. Um, it's a, uh, a electrolyte uh, powder that you can put into make like a fruit punch or a lemonade or whatever you want, like a drink. And those are super yummy. You can use those to make the gummies. And then if you just eat a few of those gummies every day, you're getting your electrolytes through eating a gummy candy. So, um, I think that's pretty genius. It's also a great way to get your kids to get these electrolytes to your kids because they need them as well. And a lot of kids are not drinking enough water and they're not getting enough electrolytes. Um, so that's another great way to have your kids to do them. You can also use Keto Chow has um, drops, these little drops that you can get and um, put into your water, or you can just drop them directly into your onto your tongue. Um, but you can get these and that'll give you good uh, electrolyte levels. If you saw any of my posts from traveling this past week, you'll see that I take the little travel size with me every time I travel. They're super helpful for making sure that I stay hydrated and um, my electrolytes are good while I'm traveling because they do 
um, tend to be depleted as you're traveling. And just make sure you guys are really concentrating on a whole foods diet. You're going to get those potassium and magnesium and, and your calcium and um, sodium. And you just need to be concentrating on a whole foods diet, using that salt, making sure you're drinking plenty of water. Um, very important thing to do. And you can get any of the products that I'm mentioning on this podcast, guys. You can go to my website, jessicatai.com. You can click on my Amazon storefront and every single thing that I talk about is in there. Um, I put everything in there because those are that's everything that I use and I use for my family. So it's a very easy place for you guys to find everything and know that what you're getting is what you heard me talking about and what I suggest. So um, you can go there and get that. And all of these things are available on Amazon. And if you're a Prime member, you can have them to you in just a day or two. Okay, so let's move on to number four. Um, my number four suggestion would be working out. So I'm not a big fan of going to the gym these days. Um, I just totally burnt myself out on doing that. And to be honest, I just cannot even imagine where I would fit in the time to actually have to drive to the gym, park, go into the gym, work out, go back out to my car, drive back home or wherever I'm going. Like it's just, it's just too much for me. So I need something that's quick, easy, um, so that I'll stick to it. I'll do it. And I won't make a million excuses and I'll have time. Right? So if you're anything like me, um, I have some suggestions for you and I'm actually going to be putting out a free workout PDF that, um, I'm, I have a girl building for me right now. And they're kind of my suggestions on the things that I do. And then they're going to be laid out in this beautiful PDF that I am going to give you guys for free. So if you're interested in that PDF, just send me an email and I will be happy to get it out to you. Um, I'll hopefully be posting it soon, um, a link in the show notes or on my website, but I don't have it done yet. So I kind of jumped the gun a little bit with this episode. But um, if you just send me an email, if you're interested, I'll email it back to you. Uh, should have that done in a couple of days. But anyway, so my workouts, um, if you are, if you like to work out from home, so I have some, some great workouts that you can do at home. And one of my absolute favorite is just a, um, if you guys are familiar at all with Betty Rocker, um, so I'm sure you are like, everybody knows who she is, right? She's all over Instagram and whatnot. And if you're not, go ahead and follow her. She's got some really great workout tips and she gives so many things out for free. Um, but I do a, um, a Tabata-based workout that is uh, kind of works around some of the um, things that, that she has suggested in the past. And so it's, you know, a good, it's a good workout. Um, it's like, um, you know, it's, it's very quick. It's about 15 minutes, I think, is the one that I have. And I've laid the, that out in the workout PDF. And it's, uh, like I said, about 15 minutes. You don't need any special equipment. It's all body weight stuff. And you can do that um, right in your home. If you have like a workout mat or like a yoga mat, that's great. That'll be even more helpful. But it's all things you can do right at home. So that's like an easy way to do it. Um, another great thing to do is if you do go to the gym, um, I do have a little circuit that I like to do at the gym. And I really don't go to the gym anymore. But when I was, <laughs> um, I used this circuit. And it kind of kept me from getting bored because I am not the person that can just jump on the treadmill and walk and or run for 45 minutes like no thank you boring I can't stand that I'd much rather be outside I don't care what the weather is all rain sun snow shine doesn't matter um so when I go to the gym, I do go with um, a circuit in mind that I'm going that I will share with you guys so that I can just get in there knock it out get it done and move on 
Um, another workout that is a, that is in this PDF is my cardio workout. So I do a HIT training, um, a HIT based cardio, and so that is you can do that anywhere. If you have a neighborhood where you have sidewalks, then you can um, certainly do it outside on the sidewalks. If you live like I do, I am. Um, in a very suburban area, but we're tucked away back here on this private drive. I don't have any sub, you know, any sidewalks. I don't have anything like that, but I do have a long private drive. And so I can do this cardio hit training right up and down my driveway. Um, so really you can fit it in about anywhere that you are. And, uh, then if you like doing kettlebells, I have a kettlebell workout and this one is probably my favorite. Um, I do my kettlebell workout two to three times a week and it is also like a, a hit, um, kettlebell workout. So it's pretty funny. I have two different variations on it. So it's definitely one that you could throw in there. I typically do it right before I get into my infrared sauna and this kettlebell workout is only eight, like eight minutes long, I think think and I think it's eight I should know that because I do it enough I just never pay attention to the time but it's like eight minutes and then you're done and I'm telling you you will you will be breathing heavy you will feel the fatigue in your muscles it's really awesome and it's it's workouts where you're using your biggest muscle groups so I think that's really important as well to really like fire up that fat burning and then um, lifting heavy. So this is a big misconception with women that if we lift heavy, we're going to put on a ton of muscle. And um, that is just not true. Now, if you want to put on a ton of muscle and lift heavy, you can do that, but you're not just gonna go into the gym or have some weights at home and be able to um, you know, start packing on muscle and, and look like a man. Like that, it doesn't happen like that. It's not that easy. You know, People work very, very hard to put on that level Level of muscle. So don't worry about that. It's not going to happen. So um, why am I suggesting all this stuff to you? I, I think it's important to realize that movement every single day is important. We need to get, we need to move our bodies. Um, you know, it's, it's good for so many reasons, but when you're stuck at like a plateau with keto or with your fat loss, you're trying this new lifestyle and you're like, man, I just can't stay motivated. Or I feel like things are, you know, maybe I've lost a lot of weight and everything's just flabby, nothing's tight anymore. And I just, I just don't feel like it looks good or feels good. Then these types of workouts, these movements can be so good. They also are going to help deplete your glycogen stores. So once you've burned through your glycogen stores, what is your body going to use for fuel? It's going to use fat for fuel. And that's what you want it to do, especially body fat. So if you're looking to really accelerate your fat loss, these are the kind of things you want to do. The caveat is you cannot be working out two to three hours every day and try and expecting to get good results because after a certain amount of time, even if you start getting results in the beginning, the stress that you are causing your body is going to outweigh the benefits and then you're going to be producing too much cortisol and that's going to end up working against you and causing you to hold on to all of this fat. So um, so it's kind of a fine line and that's why I love the Tabata workouts, the HIIT training, um, kind of these shorter um, burst of energy type training that is going to burn through your glycogen very quickly and get you to that fat burning um, level where you're going to be using fat the rest of the day. If you're not replenishing your glycogen stores, then, um, 
then it has no choice but to use fat, right? So I think that's super important. So I love to tell people to work and or work out. And I also think it's important that if you have an office job, and this is also included in the workout PDF, um, to fi- find some things that you can do in your office throughout the day to keep moving. So don't sit at a desk all day without getting up. You want to get up and be moving every hour if possible. So um, not only is that going to help you with your mindset, but it's also just going to help you with um, just not sitting all day and with kind of all of the cellular damage that's being done just by sitting. All right, so we're not going to beat that dead horse here, but <laughs> again, if you're interested in that workout PDF, just give me an email and um, or just keep an eye out for it on my website. Either way, I will try to get that to you. And then, uh, okay, so number five is tracking or testing. So again, depending on who you are, this may or may not be a good idea for you, but when I work on work with somebody one-on-one, I do always recommend that they do the tracking and testing in the beginning. And the reason why this is, is a lot of times it's you just don't realize what your micros and macros look like, and you're never going to know that if you don't track to see that. So um, a lot of these programs will actually give you, um, they'll, they'll show you an estimate of your like sodium intake, for instance, based on what you're eating. So that type of stuff's important to know. And if you're testing to know if you're actually in ketosis, and when I say testing, I'm talking blood or breath. I do not suggest the the urine ketone tests. But um, if you're testing and you know that you're in ketosis, then you know what that feels like. And and you can kind of realize like, this is what it feels like when I'm in ketosis. And now I know. And then when you, after a while, you get really good at it and you start to realize when you're not into ketosis, you know what that feels like and you know how different that feels to your body. And then it's easier for you to realize that you need to tweak something. So I think that's really important. I think it's also important that you track so that you know and you understand what however many grams of carbs looks like and what that threshold is for you to be in ketosis. And that needle can move. So what it is now may not be what it is six months from now and when you're more metabolically flexible. And so I think it's it's really fun to test that in the beginning, track and test, and then put that away for a little while, get really good at this lifestyle, and then go back to tack, uh, to tracking and testing every now and then, every few months or something, just to see where you are. And it's kind of fun to see how good your body can get at doing this stuff. So, um, you know, so if you've kind of hit a wall or things aren't going well for you, just kind of go back to the basics, do the tracking and testing and kind of see where that leads you and kind of what insight that might give you. Okay. Number six is up your MCT oil, your coconut oil intake. So a lot of us were kind of scared by the World Health Organization, um, you know, headlines that were kind of reintroduced and came out from a very old report in the 90s, I believe it was, um, that coconut oil was not good for you. Um, We know that that is baloney. There are so many, uh, there's so many studies that say otherwise and can tout all the amazing benefits of coconut oil. Um, I, I, but I think there are many reasons behind why that report um, was, you know, uh, kind of given a, a a new breath of life and put out there for to you know as a scare tactic 
tactic. Um, so I don't want you to be scared by that. Um, having a good MCT oil and coconut oil intake can actually be very metabolically beneficial and can actually help you burn fat. So this is a very good fat to bring in. Uh, it is immediately turned into ketones in your liver. So um, it really is an excellent uh, source of fat. So I don't think it's the only one that you should be using. I think you need to definitely have a variety of different um, monounsaturated, polyunsaturated, and saturated fats. But um, I definitely lean toward um, letting people know that they need to make sure they're getting this in daily uh, and keeping those levels pretty high. Now, if you're doing a straight MCT oil, just my husband specifically likes Brain Octane. So uh, that is the Bulletproof brand. And that again is on my Amazon storefront if you're interested in, in checking out those products. But we use that one. Um, he does that every single day and he's up to like two or three tablespoons a day into his coffee. I would definitely not start out that way. I would start out with teaspoons, not tablespoons. And um, you can up the amount as you get more and more used to it. But it will, MCT oil specifically, uh, will potentially cause you some uh, gastrointestinal issues if you have too much of it too quickly before your, your body is ready for that. It is not absorbed in your gastrointestinal tract. Um, you know, it's why it, you're, it goes to like directly to your liver for processing. So that can create an issue if you're not used to it. So definitely kind of ease into that MCT oil. Um, and coconut oil much much less um, causes much less issues. Now, MCT is a medium chain triglyceride is what that stands for. And it is a concentration of, um, of the medium chain triglyceride from coconut oil, okay? It's called um, C8, it's that, uh, that chain. So that is just a concentrated form of that. So um, it is derived from coconut oil. So coconut oil is also gonna give you amazing benefits, but because it is not the uh, concentrated form, it does not cause the same type of gastrointestinal issues that the MCT oil has the potential to. So, uh, so don't be worried about the coconut oil. <laughs> Make sure that you're using that. Okay. And then uh, number seven is to focus on your detoxification. So I know I talk a lot about this in my new class. So if you um, have been waiting on that class to come out and maybe you didn't hear the announcement in the last episode, um, we my Keto Masterclass is now officially available and we do a whole week, which is a one hour long segment. There is a, it's a six week class. Um, so it's six one hour segments. And one of those is focused completely on on detoxification. And the reason we focus so strongly for one week on detoxification, it is that it is super, super important to making this or any healthy lifestyle work for you. You cannot, it's kind of an oxymoron to be healthy and healthful if you can't if your body cannot get rid of the toxins, right? I mean, that it's just makes sense. Like it's very difficult, no matter how healthy, quote unquote, your lifestyle is, if your body is unhealthy because it's unable to detox, that lifestyle isn't gonna work for you. So that doesn't matter if it's keto or low carb or vegan or whatever it is, if you can't detox, then it's not good. And I also, in this class, teach 
um, teach you all about the different detox mechanisms that we have in our body and the different systems in our body that help us to detox. Because when I'm talking about detoxification, I'm not talking about um, drinking um, juice for five days and, you know, or something like that, or taking some kind of pill or whatever. Your body is is engineered, it is fully capable of detoxing and you have multiple detoxification systems in your body that that work together to keep the toxins out and keep you as, le- as least toxic as possible. So um, I, I work with you on that week on many of the different things that you can use to help your body in its detoxification process and why this is so important as a step if you are trying to make this lifestyle work for you and especially if you're trying to have fat loss is that if you have a very toxic body it is going to store those toxins wherever it can find room to store them because they can't it can't be floating around in your body that'll make you very sick and could potentially kill you if you had enough toxins so our bodies are very smart and they know that so, um, but the, one of the most common places to store toxins, which I'm sure you guys have heard this before, not only on this podcast, but probably any podcast that you listen to with health and wellness is fat cells. So all of, all of those fat cells, if they're all holding on to all these toxic substances and your detoxification is poor, then your body knows if it lets go of those fat deposits that those toxins are going to be uh, left to run rampant again in your body. And it knows that your to- your detoxification systems are not working well and there's no way you're going to be able to detox that. So your body just won't let it go. It'll fight against you and your efforts as, as hard as it can to hold on to those fat reserves because that's where all of those toxins are stored. So in order to give it the confidence that you can handle letting go of those fat stores and you'll be able to get rid of those toxins is we have to help it clear out the toxins. We have to help this these processes get really good so that it's like, oh man, look at this. The liver is functioning so well and we're able, phase one and phase two, we've got this down pat. We're able to get these out and the lymphatic system is flowing. Your, your lymph is moving well and the, a lot of the lymph... Um, health of your lymph system comes from movement. So we talk about that in the class. And so that's another reason why exercise and movement working out is so good and really will help you in this lifestyle. Um, So doing that type of thing, dry brushing, that helps get your lymphatic system moving. Doing infrared saunas, if you can, um, that is so good at detox on a cellular level and really helps you to sweat out those toxins and helps your body to get those moving out. That's such a good thing. Coffee enemas, we talk about that during that course. And I actually give you um, instructions on how to do a coffee enema. Um, You get a separate PDF with that week that really talks to you about that. And it can be scary at first. You know, in America, you know, here we live in America. Many of you listening to this are living in America. And we are scared of putting anything in our backsides. (laughs) So if it's a suppository or, you know, doing an enema, like we are unnaturally afraid of those types of things. We're just like, Ooh, that's gross. But, you know, mo- much of the rest of the world does a lot of things uh, like taking suppositories like that. And they understand the importance and the, um, 
ability of doing enemas to to help with different things. So I feel like we kind of need to get over that that fear or that like ooh gross factor and realize that it's just another part of your body and it's another outlet. I mean literally, it's another way for us to um, to be able to help along detoxification. And coffee enemas are an excellent way to do that. They actually not only are they helping to um, cleanse your colon and some things that could could be down there in that area that need to come out, but it is also um, very good at stimulating your hepatic nerve and your hepatic vein, which is what stimulates the liver and gallbladder to cleanse when you do a coffee enema. So that is really the goal, and that is the number one reason that you do a coffee enema. And that is just hugely helpful when it comes to detoxification and supporting that. And then um, there are teas that you can drink. So like sarsaparilla and lemongrass teas are both excellent for detoxification and helping, um, you know, just helping your body to do that. Drinking bone broth is another excellent source because it helps with some of the um, the micronutrients that your body needs for both type or both phase one and phase two liver detoxification. So we go over all of that kind of thing. So detox is really, really just super important. So if you're not already focused on detox, um, please, please, please look into those things and into really making sure that your body is detoxing properly. So um, that is a one one of the six. Uh, hours of course work that is taught in that keto masterclass. But I also am hoping to shortly um, be putting out a specific detox class that you can also take if you're just interested in specifically the things that you can do to help your body detox. So um, not exactly sure when that'll be ready and when we'll have that out, but that's something that you can look out for. If you are interested in taking my keto masterclass that includes this and many, many other foundational things, then you can go directly to the website to get that class. You can just go to www.ketolifestylemasterclass.com. So that's all one word, ketolifestylemasterclass.com. And you can get that class right now. It is available um, for a limited time. I do have a special on that class right now. Um, it is typically... Um, $147 and it is on sale right now for $97. So you can jump over there and grab that. I don't know how long it'll be for 97. Um, you can also, when you sign up now, you get three free bonuses with that. And that's seven days to beginning your new keto lifestyle. That's a workbook PDF that I provide for you. My top five supplements on keto, again, a PDF. And then my free keto grocery list PDF, you'll get that as well, which is really helpful in helping you know which things to get and kind of lays it all out by category. And so um, you're able to, you know, be able to do that. You can also grab my keto uh, recipe collection if you would like, that's also available on my website, but you can grab that recipe collection and that'll help give you a bunch of ideas of things that you can cook and make for your family and different sweet treats and things like that you can keep like in the freezer, fat bombs, that type of thing, that when you are having those cravings, you can grab those and you'll know that, that you're not hurting your efforts. 
All right, guys. So that's all I have for you this week. Um, I thank you so much for tuning in as always. And I really look forward to talking to you guys again next week. I think I will have a uh, an interview that I'm going to share with you guys next week. So please keep the emails coming. If you have any questions about my class, the, the recipe collection, if you're interested in talking to me, if you want to learn about working with me one-on-one, if you want to um, work, learn about group classes, you know, just any of that stuff, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I am very happy to talk to you. I'm happy to give you a call. I'm happy to, to discuss, answer any questions that you have about that. I am um, offering, I offer, uh, which is not advertised on my website, but I do offer a one day intensive with you. And I do that all over the country. So um, typically it's just something that I talk to my clients about and they are able to hire me in addition to do those things with them. Um, And what that looks like is me actually coming to your house. We do breakfast together. We clean out your pantry. We go grocery shopping together. We have lunch together. And then we actually make a meal and I show you how to do some meal planning and how to cook. We replenish your pantry and your refrigerator with um, things that are on that grocery list that I provide to you when you buy the class. And so um, that is a one day intensive. And like I said, I do travel around the country to do that with people. Um, So if you're interested in more information about that, I'm also happy to talk to you about that. Um, But again, it's not something that's advertised on my website because it is typically something I only Um, offer to people that are um, working with me. It's a really great way to jump off and and like get started. Um, People really sometimes need that help in the beginning because it's overwhelming and they just don't know where to start. So if that's you and you're looking for that, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'd be happy to give you more information about that. And um, that's it, guys. So thank you so much again. Please have a wonderful week. And I really look forward to the fall weather coming in here. I know in Cincinnati, It'll be here at the end of the week, and I'm so grateful for that. I hope it sticks around because I am totally over this summer weather and these uh, 90 plus degree days, high humidity. I'm done. (laughs) So, very happy to welcome fall in. Guys, have a great week, and I will talk to you next week. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we share with you today and are looking forward to the next episode.